Hello, welcome to the Life Capoeira um, from Ardo Page. You're going with Contraversary and Ecoteta. You're based in Warrington now. Yeah. Excellent. So thank you very much for giving up your time to come onto the podcast. How did you discover Capoeira? Uh, it was a long time ago. So the story really starts when I was around six and uh, I was watching cartoons and I wanted to be like Hong Kong Fui. So I was sat in the car with my dad going, I want to be like Hong Kong Fui and learn to karate chop. Uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, my dad was very good at karate before he stopped training. And he, he was third in Great Britain. And so he was like, oh, I'll just take you to karate then. And started taking me to karate classes. And that's where, where I started with martial arts in general. Um, and I'm just going to go through the full story because I think that's going to be more fun. And then I started and I've got three older sisters and they were like, why are you taking him to karate and not us? That's sexist. And my dad was like, you never expressed an interest. So the whole family started karate. And so like they're all varying levels and they're all very good. Uh, but then I got to uni and I I'd, I'd got my first stand and I was competing in karate competitions. And I realized I wouldn't have the time because I was studying physics to carry on doing competitions. And I thought, I'm at uni, I'll see, see what else there is. And I saw all these really cool guys doing flips and things. And I thought, well, I've done karate. I know how to fight. So, you know, I might as well learn how to look cool while doing it. Right. So I jumped into Capoeira and it was really cool with all the flips and things. So my first teacher was called Eddie Edson. He's from the same group, Guardiões Brasileiros. Uh, as as my my teacher now, and I thought it was super cool because, like a lot of people in Capoeira, I first found Capoeira in Tekken, right? Eddie Gordo. So I was like, oh my god, it's Eddie Gordo. His name's Eddie, and he's teaching Capoeira. This is the thing for me. I I can't turn this down. So that's that's where it all started. Uh, and then I've, I'm gonna just go on to tell you how I found my current teacher as well. So. My teacher is Contra Mestre And with all due respect to Eddie, he taught really good capoeira. It was really clean, but it wasn't what I was really looking for, but for long-term martial arts, because at the end of the day, like I'm a martial artist, I want to learn how to fight. And I felt like a lot of his style of capoeira was more aesthetic and more like for the game and things rather than for self-defense. Um, so I moved back from university to my hometown Leeds. And I thought, I'll check out the Capoeira place before I go back to karate. And turned up and saw this really, really large man. And I was like, oh, what have I let myself into? This guy's like, well, what's he going to be doing? Um, anyway, I, so going back a little bit, I spar with my dad quite often. Uh, and I can't hit him unless he lets me. He's like 63, 64 now. I'm like 30. I've been doing martial arts. 31. I've been doing martial arts almost all my life. And yeah, he's still like insanely good and when I was like I was sparring with Sandro with Contra Mesta Negro Tata I wasn't I wasn't like you know playing capoeira with him and I couldn't hit him and he was everywhere all over me and I was like this is what I want to learn this is this is where I am now and then I haven't really looked back since I've often thought I wonder what happened if I go into a karate competition and try and you know mix the two styles while I while I fight I, I never pursued that but that's that's my going to capoeira really I think you've um, highlighted a couple of really sort of important bits there, which is, I think, not just capoeira, but martial arts generally as well, is that obviously your own personal goals and the goals of the teacher sometimes sort of need to, to match. So I know that personally, for example, when 
I teach capoeira it's more about the art side I've done like full contact kung fu in the past and I'm I'm not a fighter I don't like hurting people which is a big disadvantage in sparring Um, and so when I teach capoeira I very much mention the martial side of it but I'm always open with my students and say you know this isn't going to be a class that's going to help with things like like self-defense because that's not how we're training it's more about sort of thinking about the the harder and I think that's an important thing for people to think about when they're wanting to get into a particular martial art is it, it's important to think about the the philosophies of of the teacher and, and how they are and, and, and ask those questions because if you want a particular skill set from your martial arts class then obviously not all teachers are necessarily going to be able to provide that for you even within the same same art form so what sort of philosophies do you bring to the lessons that you teach are you very much in the same sort of vein as as contrasted uh, i'm not gonna lie if i if i saw myself back then teaching the classes i teach now i probably would have seen them not not in the same way as eddie's classes but in a similar light of i'm not learning like the amazing stuff of I'll talk after myself that well but that's because most of my students are beginners and I will have a few specific classes every so often where I teach basic self-defense but as part of my my journey in life I've decided I'm not going to teach anybody real practicality until I really know what they're like so that I can decide like if they're going to be you know going out getting into fights or whether they're going to be just using it for self-defense because I don't want to be responsible if one of my teach students goes out, gets in a fight, knocks somebody out, or does something that puts them in jail. And I knew that they would incline to do that. Obviously, if they do that in self-defense, you know, they've looked after themselves or those around them. And that's really important. But I don't want to be responsible for somebody doing something like that, just like off the cuff as, you know, just somebody not being very nice. So I like to make sure I know my students before I... I take them down that route. Yeah. So my wife started capoeira recently and I I trust my wife with everything. So I do definitely like, I don't bring it into classes with her, but I do bring it around when we're just like relaxing. Well, not relaxing at home, but times at home of like, all right, now we're going to just work on a little bit of this and know those kinds of games. But there is also, I still do some of the stuff that Sandra does where like, you have to be aware of my class. If you're running around doing the warm up and you're not paying attention, you will find a foot in your face. I'm not going to hit you, but got to make sure you can avoid it. I'll stop my foot at your face, but it'll be there and you'll be like, oh, you caught me out. And that also trains me a bit because then my students go, all right, I'm going to catch you out now. And I enjoy that little game of, you know, awareness. Because when you're walking out on the street, that's what's going to like, that, that's what, kind of protects you that having that awareness and realizing oh that person's actually too close to me and and I need to like be a bit further away from them just in case you only get that from playing these kinds of games and you get that in capoeira generally as well because you work out oh if I'm this close I need I'm aware of this person and it becomes second nature because you're getting it all the time in in class Uh, that's something Sandro does a lot it's amazing that's situational awareness is obviously an important component of self-defense i think another bit that you hit on though when you talked about first meeting contra Negateta, he is a large guy and 
I remember when I first met him, it was in a, a, a street hotter as part of an event in Cheltenham. And looking at him, I uh, foolishly, I was new to Capoeira at the time, I think I'd be doing it maybe a year or two. Uh, I didn't expect him to to move like he did. And obviously, as soon as he got into the hot, I was, I was blown away at, at, at his his skills and technique. And um, I've learned a lot from him myself as well, just at events where we've had the good pleasure and good fortune to meet. And I think that's another thing that sort of Capoeira gives you is don't have those assumptions about people and be mindful that uh, anyone can potentially surprise you. And I certainly found that with uh, meeting Nogatessa. Um, how are your classes going? I believe your groups recently got back up and running since the pandemic. Yeah, so I started up teaching. So we had the pandemic and not too long after I met my wife and I got married. So I thought I'll start on my classes after I get married and have all that stress away. My classes are still really small at the moment, um, mostly because I'm quite busy with, I've, I've got a permanent job at the lab now, so I'm quite busy with working things. So finding times to advertise isn't, you know, uh, the easiest. And also my, I'm going away quite a bit with work in the last like month and this month. So I'm kind of holding off a little bit on pushing the Instagram and everything until I know I can teach consistently because I don't want to teach somebody for two weeks, then go off and be like, oh, you're on your own for two weeks and then come back. I like to be a bit more consistent than that. That makes sense. I remember you telling me at an event that uh, one of your goals was to be the first Sikh Capoeira Mestre. Is that still on your life bucket list? Yeah, it's still something, it's still an aspiration. Uh, so where I am is in, in our group, my, my grade is one before professor. Uh, and I know that's a really big step. And I think if I get to professor within the next like three to five years, I can probably achieve that goal of being the first Sikh Mestre. But if if someone else is out there and goes, oh no, you haven't heard of Mestre and then gives me a name, that's fair enough. Like I'll be the second or the third. But um, I think it'd be really good to bring Capoeira to like the Sikh community, if I'm honest, uh, because a lot of the cultural aspects are quite similar. Like some of the beat patterns you hear in Capoeira music and in the stuff we do for like our wedding preparations and things and the call and responses and things and all the singing, it's yeah, I mean, even a pandero is an Indian instrument, let's be honest. So, you know, uh, yeah. And also, I think my faith is quite underrepresented in society generally. But to be fair, there's not many of us. But a lot of people don't know about us. And I think there's a lot of, like, richness that we should be sharing with the world as Sikh people that uh, we're not necessarily doing or trying to do. I don't know. Some people do, some people don't. It's This is a very different topic, though. <laughs> but I think that's that's something that Capoeira offers as well to the world of that kind of subcultural exchange because obviously Brazilian culture is very different to the UK and obviously even within the UK we've got a lot of different cultures within that and I think there's always value uh, in just exploring those because even if there isn't anything that necessarily you want to uh, take or it's just enriches your life to just see the other um cultures and varieties varieties of spice of life basically and i think it's it's yeah. greatly representing so what's the path to becoming professor in the next um, three i think for me the way i see the way my teacher works is well there are some very key things that i need to learn properly as a minimum and that's 
being able to play that Hezion Alto piece on the Baron Bow, so I can play them like a reasonably like professional where if someone gives me a Baron Bow and a HUD for a Capoeira Hezion Alto and says, oh, play Bengela or something, I can do that and sing and do everything like as I should. I think that's one of the very minimal skill requirements that I need. Uh, but when I graded, Sandra was saying to every, all the mestres and teachers and everybody that my next level, he's not the one who dictates whether I hit professor or not. It's the community as a whole saying, come in, well, he needs to hear a few people come back to him and say, hey, this guy is ready, I think. Um, currently, my capoeira, like training for myself, I'm still looking after my body, but I'm not training capoeira as much as I'd like to be because I'm working out my balance of life after getting married and trying to find where I can fit events in to improve myself, where I can find time in the week to practice my Berenbau and things like that. Because at the moment, I'm only practicing Berenbau when I'm teaching a class, which my level is not good enough. I, I forget things, so many things, but it's a part of life and capoeira is a part of life and it's in me it'll find its way as life carries on. Well, yeah, I think that one of the reasons setting up this podcast was also I was feeling a little bit disconnected from the Capoeira community, what the pandemic and things, and I've got a four-year-old, six-year-old daughter as well. So obviously it's balancing everything together. And so the chance to sort of sit down and, and chat to other Capoeiristas felt like a good way to help sort of reconnect in the ways and, and finding those ways to get Capoeira where, where you can, because I think certainly when you've been with it, as long as we have it, it is part of you and it is an important part and you need to, to get it where you can because it's, you know, it enriches you. It's crazy. I don't remember a time in my life. I know it was there, but I don't remember the feeling of my body before capoeira got into it. And I, I say it like that because I feel like capoeira is like a thing inside my body that like when I walk around at work, people see it. When I So I really enjoy dancing for her. I I have some very good friends who used to teach Bahoy in Manchester and now are in London. Um, when I was dancing with Leticia, one of the teachers, she, like very early on, she was saying, I can feel capoeira in your body, like the way you dance, because it's just, it's inbuilt the way I, I, I feel like I want to move. And when I haven't moved properly, like my body just feels wrong. And then I go out, I do some kicks, do some acrobatics, and my body just loosens up and I just feel so much better. Yes, I. So lockdown gave me an issue with my hip, which sort of a, the lack of movement led to an inflamed tendon. And when I was able to jinga again for the first time in in literally over two years, it just felt magic. Uh, and I think whether you're into capoeira or not, I think there's moving your body is such an important thing if you are able to do it and even if it's just sort of small things and it's yeah it's hard to to express i was this kind of reminds me of a chat i had when i used to do karate i was quite young but I, i've always like thought of the future uh, and i was talking to this guy who's the parent of one of the other students because i was again like i was a child at this point and he's a doctor and i was i was asking him like how do I look after my body? Because I want to like still be able to do things when I'm like really old. And like, he's like, well, if you're going to do any kind of training, which you should be doing, you're probably going to develop arthritis in something. And that's fine. That happens. Uh, but the secret, the real secret to a long life is walking because it's low impact. Everybody can do it. Well, not everybody can do it, but, you know, 
it's low impact it's relatively easy to do and it just keeps you going and if you keep walking it really looks after your body so that was that was his advice so i think that's the same in kind of capoeira like even if you can't necessarily play a fast game just keep going unless it's like physically detrimental to your body because you know you might have injuries that you need to look after in a certain way but you know that's one of the things i like about capoeira is that if the physical side, for whatever reason, is something that's been a bit limited, you've got so much else on offer. There's the music that you can practice. If the issue's with your hands and so you can't practice the instruments, there's the histories and philosophies and everything else to read. And it's, I think it leads to the, the last question I'd like to ask uh, the guests is, what is capoeira? What is capoeira? So for me, so I have a ladanier that I wrote a long time ago. They're kind of like, so it's like, okay, capoeira, amazaji, amo. Un jogo luta, danza. And then like, it goes on with stuff. So uh, like, that's like, it's friendship, it's love, it's a game, uh, jogo, luta, it's a fight, it's a dance. Like it's, it's, it's a culture as well. That probably needs to, I need to probably rewrite this because my views and understanding of capoeira has changed. It's part of the culture as well. It's like, you can't really, do, for, you can't really define it properly, in, in my opinion, because it's different for everybody and it's everything that everybody describes it as. It, it's, if you want to go science it's a bit like Schrodinger's cat. It is what it is when you open the box, you know? I can describe it to you all I want, but as soon as you open the box, you actually see what's going on. Because <laughs> it's all of them and it's none of them, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on to the uh the podcast have you got any events or activities that you'd like to to maybe give a bit of a plug to so my maestre has an event let me get the date right let me double check in tadcaster on the it's in july it's the 15th and 16th of july so that's that's going to be a really good event every year he says i'm not going to do an event next year Chuck Norris or me are going to do it. And then he goes and does it without us being able to do what we want to do. So, I mean, I do my events because I'm miles away, so I get away with that. But yeah, he's planning to have uh, Mestre Jaime come over from Brazil, which is his Mestre. And uh, he doesn't come across very often at all. And this year, like every year, he tries to make it happen. But this year, he's gone across to Brazil to sort out as possible. So now he can come over and it's going to happen. So, you know. It's going to be a great event. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. Are there any closing comments or remarks that you'd like to say to sign off? Um, have fun, everybody. And if anybody watching this or hearing this has not done any capoeira and has kind of not found their passion of, I love, really love this thing, just give it a go. I mean, it's one class. It might cost you a tenner. Might be for free, depending on where you go. But, you know. Could be, could be your thing. It might not be, and that's okay. But you know, brilliant. Well, we will link to the event in Tagcaster down in the episode notes, and also to your group's uh, Instagram. And if you want to get in touch with us here at the the podcast, the email is thelifecapoeira or one word at gmail.com. And feel free to nominate yourself or your your teachers or, or students that you know that would like to be on. We're here for all Capoeiristas to talk about their life in Capoeira. But thank you very much for listening. And until next time, ciao. Bye.